All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Jen A. I'm in Colorado, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 10th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'm going to have our um, uh, dashboard person go ahead and mute the line entirely and theirs as well. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled Bill Story. It's chapter one. We're on page number nine. We're down at the fifth paragraph beginning with I was aghast. We're going to read that one paragraph ending with my gin would last longer than his preaching. Today's readers are Team Friday, Tenzin P, Lauren N, Janice PM, Vanita L, Darlene H. Our newcomer greeter is Jason K. And our second hour moderator is Matt J.F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, June 9th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 19,052. Our 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 19,053. All right, here's the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning to you, Tenzin. Good morning, Jen and everyone. Tenzin P. checking in from New York. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, 
continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you so much, Tenzin. I'll now ask Lauren N. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Lauren. Good morning, all. Lauren N., compulsive operator, sugar addict from New York. 12 traditions. Common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are for trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting the other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to, ought to, sorry, ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass and I welcome everyone. Thank you so much, Lauren N. Well, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to read a paragraph or two from the literature. Then we're going to stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over years only. 
Our absence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your share be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you're going to press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. And in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the chapter number one. It's Bill's story. It's in the big book on page nine. We're going to start on the fifth paragraph down. I'm now going to ask Janice PM to begin reading. Go ahead, Janice. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, and thank you for your service. Kindly watch me because this phone drops, so, you know, <laughs> you may not hear me and it, I may be dropped. Um, okay, I'm Massachusetts, and I'm a grateful, compulsive overeater, recovered. I was aghast. So that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. Now I suspected a little cracked about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Yes, the old boy was on fire, all right. But bless his heart, what a rent. Besides, my gin would last longer than his preaching. Well, you know, a quick review. Um, if you didn't listen to yesterday's um, podcast with uh, Harland, he sets us up here to tell us an important background on how Ebby came to be. And uh, Ebby was a friend, and um, he was a drinker like, uh, like, um, like Bill. And uh, the story is quite interesting and funny as anything. And uh, today, too, he inje Holland injected, I hate to crosstalk, but today is June 10th, he said. He reminded me that, yes, this is how it all started. And we have to say, gee, how does that connecting dots? Very important. Because watch this. Bill was aghast. Why was he aghast? Why was he shocked? Why was he mortified? Well, this guy, Evie, drank as much as Bill did. But he didn't look like he was drinking. He was sober. How did that happen? And I love this. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. Now I suspected a little cracked about religion. Well, he came from this Christianity Oxford group. Now he was like a very sarcastic because, you know, in his mind, in Bill's mind, he still thought he would, uh, oh, yeah, he's going to see Ebby and he's going to drink with them, you know, and it's going to give him an excuse if uh, Lois sees him drinking like I used to do. Oh, I have this company, so I have to buy this certain food. And, boy, I would have it. At least if they didn't have it, I would have it for later on. Always my self-will. Always my self-will. But, yeah, so he had, So this guy, Ebby, sat before him, and he was living proof for Bill. He couldn't get away with it. He looked terrific and everything. What was changed in him? What was changed in him? But, you see, Ebby was on an errand. He was on a life or death errand. He was, came to Bill to give a message like we have to do when we're recovered to bring that message and how we got it. He, wasn't, he was not preaching. He wasn't preaching to Bill. He was just telling him 
you know, this is what happened and this is what I'm doing today. And, you know, don't forget, he's an ex-problem drinker at this time. And we know that on page 18, the best immunity for us is to bring this message. And uh, the message that I got from today, you know, well, a few years ago from the vision for you, because I sat 1982 in OA and I had a, a sponsor and I love the way she looked. I love the way she talked. I love what her experiences were, but she didn't have the steps this way. All I did when I did the steps with her was to tell her what people did to me. And of course I had to read, you know, I relapsed. But if you see the common thread here with the story that was told yesterday, yes, certainly. It's unbelievable. It's God. God is the one that's the thread through all this. It has to be. There's no coincidence. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Janice PM, for getting us started this morning. Um, We do value everyone's experience who is on the line today. So we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others might share their experience, strength, and hope too. So who would like to share on what was read today? Tina S. Melissa C. Tina. Tanya D. Charles. Tanya. Loretta A. Loretta. Rosie W. Rosie. And let's stop there. Perfect. Thanks, everybody. All right. So this is what I have. Just give me the sec or the first initial of your last name and your state that you're calling from when you get up. I have Tina, Melissa, Charles, Tanya, Loretta, and Rosie. Good morning to you, Tina. Thanks so much, Jen. Hi, I'm Tina, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida, and all oh, what a great lead. Um, yeah, I was on the line yesterday, so I heard all that, and that's some great stuff, you know, some great history, and, and you know, we're real grateful today for it being June 10th, for sure, for sure. Uh, if this program didn't happen, I wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be alive today or be wishing I wasn't alive. You know, and I, too, was aghast, you know, when I came into the rooms. Actually, the first thing I did was went into treatment in 1987, I think it was, and, uh, you know, they, they had the big book, you know, and they, they did, I, we went to meetings where people seemed to have been recovered. They were of a, a, a normal weight and they were talking the talk and it was great. And it was, and I thought, well, this is great stuff, you know, and then he talked about God and I was like, okay, well, you know, I was raised Catholic. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, but, you know, I had better ideas. You know, and my ideas are going to kill me. You know, I thought this was great stuff. You know, I did, probably didn't have to do as much stuff as y'all did because I wasn't as bad, you know. So some of my ideas would probably still work, you know. And, um, you know, and over the years, you know, I'm just so grateful because, you know, again, and I always say this to remind myself, you know, I first came to Overeaters Anonymous in 1987 and my abstinence date is 1999. And I remember them 12 years very, very clearly because I, you know, I knew of the solution but was not in the solution and it was miserable, you know, and, and every day I was going to start over again. And it's just so painful, so painful, you know, and today, you know, God is the most important thing in my life today. God has to be something bigger than me, good orderly direction, whatever it is, just so it's not me, because 
Tina gets me in several seats of 12-step programs. You know, Tina's ideas get me in a lot of trouble. But the, I love the God idea works, you know. So for today, and I'm real grateful to be on the line, I'm so free of this food obsession, and I have, a spirit, have had a spiritual awakening that is just phenomenal. And I continue to, continue to want to have that stuff. So I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. And I'm looking forward to the shares, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Tina S. Up next, we have Melissa C., followed by Charles. Good morning, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Jen. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And I just love this whole part when Abby comes. I think um, it just gets me really excited. You know, Abby um, comes here now, and... I love how it says, like, he goes from an alcoholic crackpot to someone a little cracked about religion. Um, and, and why I like that is sometimes people ask this kind of question of ourselves and of one another of, like, don't we, like, how about balance in our lives? Don't we get balance? And I don't think I'm a woman who operates in a world of perfect balance because I either go from, like, you know, a food junkie crackpot destroying it all. Yeah, to someone, you know, a little cracked about God, a little cracked about these 12 steps, this way of life, someone who has, like, intense passion about it. But I think even beyond that, like, what I get here is that the way he looked, the way he appeared, his face, his eyes, they were different. And I think you can fake a lot of things as someone who's, been a good faker a lot of my life, but there's some things that are really evident, and and that's when we see it in each other's faces. Like when I see people's faces, when their eyes are alive, when there's a genuine smile in their face and a calmness in their demeanor, like that sells me. And I just remember seeing that at meetings um, and getting that and hearing it here. And when I met people here and I saw it, you know it, you know, and I think really what sold Bill um, was the way that Abby looked, you know, and but the fact that he was calm and had conviction, like both calm and convicted. And, you know, to me, I get information how I'm supposed to carry the message. I, I should look like I have a message. You know, our 12-step calls these days are more often than not for me on Zoom meetings and workshops and... Um, I think I'm supposed to look like I have a message. You know, a friend asked me before a meeting once, like, do you always put lipstick on? Like, always, every day? And for me, you know, that's like, maybe that's just the mindset that I grew up with. I want to look like someone who feels good today, because I do. And, um, you know, and then I want to speak about the God that gave me this ability to live with peace and freedom. And, yeah, I'm a little cracked about this God thing, because um, I lack power. And there is a power, that one we call God, who has given me back my life, and has given me a life of meaning and purpose, and that's what I get from reading this paragraph. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Hey, thanks so much, Melissa C. from New York. Up next, we have Charles H., followed by Tanya. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Mama Bear. Uh, this is Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. So the definite, the 2022 definition of 
a guy. I could, I, I, I could, I could imagine Bill W. looking at Evie like, "Yo, since when? Like, you was just as bad as me. Now you trying to tell me you got religion?" Um. So the little, I want to drill down on the little crack about religion too. Um, some, you know, and it's just my my opinion. It ain't a humble opinion. I'm not a humble guy. So you know, some people are a little cracked about. Oh, you know, when's the next meeting? When's this? When's that? Like, here's life in between meetings, right? Like, this is a great meeting, and there's a lot of other great meetings, and 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 the steps and and the traditions and the concepts and all that other stuff is a bridge back to life. The shoe is gonna drop, but don't wait for the shoe to drop. And you know, Bill did a lot of good things, you know, in his addiction, and and it shows based based on his story, um, you know, I'm pretty sure he, I mean, yeah, he did a lot, right? And, and we need to do a lot, and it needs to be a part of life. But I want to come from the place that it shouldn't be your whole life because some of y'all got family, wives, husbands. Some of y'all done lost people because you're a little cracked about, you know, programs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so grateful that he was, he had to be cracked in the beginning. You know, uh, I had to be cracked too, but it's, it's a part of my life today. I'm not all cracked up about it um, like that. I'm not a cheerleader on the, on the top of the Empire State Building saying, you must do this and you must do that. I'm just grateful um, that I'm not cracked about religion. I don't really care what you, you know, whatever gets you going. Go ahead and do that. You know, but the, 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 the text in my couple of seconds I got left, the text is like, he went from this to that. And if he can do it, you can do it, Charles. And if Charles can do it, anybody that's listening on the line um, can do it. And that's the message. It, it's just so amazing that you could go from a zero to a hero. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Charles H. from New York. Up next, we have Tanya followed by Loretta. Hey, Tanya, if you could give me the first initial of your last name, where you're calling from today, that'd be great. Um, hi, this is uh, Tanya D. from Illinois. Um, that was really a great reading, and it reminds me so much of my experience when I first um, learned about OA, and I read the word God. And as a self-identified uh, agnostic, uh, not agnostic atheist, um, as an adamant atheist, um, I um, that just turned me off. I mean, I read the word God uh, in uh, uh, even just the higher power part, you know, and uh, and I didn't come back because I wasn't. Well, I, I didn't come in. I read it on the internet um, because I wasn't out of ideas, um, and I had to try more on my own. In fact, I threatened myself with OA. I remember this distinctly. I'm like, if you can't hold it together, you're going to have to go to OA. Um, and, you know, thank God I was not good at um, controlling the food. I mean, you know, I was not good at even uh, dieting. Um, by the end, you know, as my disease was progressing, I couldn't stay on any diet for even a day or on any, um, you know, plan of eating for a day. So eventually, like, I came crawling back. And, uh, 
and I'm really um, grateful that uh, I did, and uh, you know, and, and we'll see Bill also um, will sort of uh, <laughs> rather than kind of thinking, well, like I don't want what this guy has because it's got um, God involved, you know, to be to be more open-minded. And I am grateful that this is not a religious program, you know, I did not. Um, I, I did not end up adopting a religion, but you know I have, uh, which is also fine if I did. You know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, but you know, I have a higher power of my own understanding, and it is just so amazing um, that something like that uh, could free us from the food. You know, I still don't understand how it works, why it works, but I am absolutely certain that I uh, could not control my own eating, and that. Um, the relationship with the higher power and the 12 steps, you know, which Bill will go through, uh, is what um, would solve my problem. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Tanya D. from Illinois. Up next, we have Loretta H. followed by Rosie W. Good morning, Loretta. Good. Good morning, Jen the Gem. Loretta H. recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I want to thank everyone who's saving my life along with my precious God. Um, you know, this reminds me of the Olympics. He says um, the man was on fire. And then in on page 98, it says, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts God and clean house. And the end of that, it was on Dr. Bob's um, prescription pad and help others and um, that's why it worked because Ebby was helping Bill and Bill saw the attraction not the promotion because he was fresh grinned and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed so you know today is that such an important date but also the importantness of it is that we carry this torch you know of a recovered being and that it's an attraction and not a promotion and so i am so grateful that i got the opportunity to have an ebby in my life and then have all of you guys continue to carry the torch and i get to also carry the torch because i'm doing the work you know the work is where it's important and of course that idea of god i came in as an agnostic but i am a crackpot and I, my life is unmanageable. That I really thought I was sane. And then I realized, you know, yeah, it had everything still, but how well was it working? And it is because of this program, I learned how to do life. It's a design for living. We have a spiritual toolkit. But we also, the immunity for me is that um, gift of giving priceless, and that's helping others. And I, I'm doing a, a, another step study. I've been doing them periodically since uh, September. And um, the big book, 124 times before we even get to working with others that we are shown that we need to work with others. So this program, it's all about the gift that keeps on giving if we trust God clean house and help others and with that i pass and thank god for ebby and all of you guys and with that i pass well thank you loretta h in north carolina up next we have rosie w good morning rosie 
Thank you, Jen. Um, hello, Vision family. Rosie W here, um, compulsive overeater, currently in Greece. Um, this made me chuckle, this paragraph. I was aghast too. Um, you know, for me, certainly, a, a, you know, a compulsive overeating death or life on a spiritual basis really were very hard alternatives to faith. Um, and I was just like Bill, my defense mechanism had what I wanted disparage them oh god you know they're mad you know oh they're doing this oh they're doing this stupid diet or oh they've joined this thing um and of course you know it was just fear because i knew deep down i think i always knew that i was beaten it was just not some ever admit um oh can i be heard yes you phased out for a second but you came right back in go ahead rosie oh i'm sorry um yeah and um you know and i i did that for years even within recovery too i'd hear people like you guys sharing and i would just think oh for god's sake you know they can't have children or a job they must just spend their whole time sitting at home doing recovery you know they, no, nobody's that well nobody's that free um <laughs> and my my current sponsor had been an outreach buddy for a while and um, she would occasionally just send me random nightly reviews by text message and what I found, what I couldn't quite get my head around was the fact that even when she'd had really awful days, her reviews were just full of joy and gratitude for this beautiful life that she was living. And at times I even thought maybe she was mad. I, <laughs> if she's listening, then I'm sorry. Because um, that's, yeah, that's how I cope with not having what I want and feeling like I'm not well. And yet, um, here I am today, and it took, um, it took a loss of abstinence in March for me to realize that I was still slightly in the food game and still holding on to a few things and still not really um fully living in steps 10 to 12 um to actually finally really be cracked about religion you know i just i just had a, a massage and the therapist said gosh your body feels so well and i immediately wanted to say that's because god lives in there now um and i didn't because i knew she'd think i was mad but it's immediately what i thought and what i knew god lives in me now and even if I have days where I will lose God, and of course I will, you know, I had to write out a massive long resentment about somebody this morning. I'm still human. Um, I know that God can live in me and um, that I can have a beautiful life that I um, scorned for years when I heard people sharing about it. So um, I'll leave it with there. Thanks for everyone doing service today and for everyone's shares with that I'll pass. Thanks, Rosie W. Dialing in from Greece this morning. Appreciate you. All right. Well, guess where we are? We are in Bill's story, chapter one, page nine. Head down to that fifth paragraph, and it starts with, I was aghast, and it ends in, my gin would last longer than his preaching. We're going to take a few more names to share this morning. Who would like Nancy to share G. their experience? Margaret D. Heidi H. Lisa D. Jim K. Heidi H. I think... There was somebody before Heidi. Was Heidi H. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Margaret B. I got you, Margaret. I got Nancy. I got Heidi. Who was missing in there? Sorry, I want to get Lisa, you. Lisa D. Jim K. Thank you, Lisa. And Jim. Hope B. And Hope. That's good. We'll stop there for a moment. Okay. Thanks, everybody. I just want to make sure we don't leave anybody out. We have Nancy P. Margaret D. Lisa D, Heidi, Jim, and Hope. 
I'll get the second or I'll get the first initial of your last name and your state that you're calling from. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead with Nancy P. Good morning, Nancy. Hey, Jen. Um, good morning. Thanks for letting me share. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. I um, I was aghast when it worked, when the process worked. You know, when I did what the book said in the order that it says, as hard as I could, immediately and as hard as I could, whatever I was told by my sponsor, it worked. And I've been going to meetings for 51 years, since 1971, and when, since, you know, when I was in the fourth grade. And I'm still aghast, still today, that my life turned around, that I have been transformed, that I've taken a different form. You know, when I defined this power greater than myself to, to, that I needed to solve my problems, I made it up for myself what was going to work. And some of the qualities that I chose for it were kindness, generosity, compassion, and friendliness. And I tried to be those things and, and other things, but it was a, really a slog. And I still say, you know, when I talk to people that call me on the phone that I'm not excessively friendly. But I'm a data-driven chick, and the data, I'm forced to admit, show me differently. And, you know, I'm friendly now, <laughs> so don't be afraid. Um, I'm friendly, um, you know, I'm friendly, I'm compassionate, I am those things. It's not just to make me into those things. Um, I am those things. And so I'm aghast that one by one I have to put those sticks down that I used to beat myself up all those years. And I'm aghast that I can live through whatever life dishes out. Um, you know, it, it, is just, it just gobsmacks me. And, um, you know, last week I had uh, four or five days of real restlessness, irritability, and discontentment. I was, you know, not just a resentment, but like just the state of mind where I didn't like anybody. I didn't like, you know, I didn't like my garden. I mean, I didn't like my... You know, I just didn't, I was mad, and I couldn't figure out why. I, you know, I thought, my, you know, I'll plow through, I'll make my phone calls, I'll, you know, reach out, I'll go to these, you know, all this stuff I did, and everything just was at sixes and sevens, and I couldn't get rid of it. And um, I did one thing extra that I had not thought to do, which was um, tell somebody, tell my sponsor um, that I didn't know what was wrong, and, and I hated it. And um, in four seconds, she combed out that tangle and, um, and restored me. You know, I was restored back to um, sanity again. And, you know, you can't know or you can't, you know, you all know, but other people can't know what it's like to sort of live in that prison of, you know, there was no discernible reason. There was no, you know, I, my food is in the right place. Everything, you know, I felt, just felt awful. And then... In, in two minutes, I was better. And I'm not cracked. I am on fire in a conflagration of joy and light. And I feel like a sun that just shoots out these solar flares to everybody of joy and light. And I'm so grateful for this meeting. I'm so grateful. This meeting, the people here saved me. They saved me. And um, I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. <clears throat> Thanks, Nancy P. from Massachusetts. Up next is Margaret D., followed by Lisa D. Thanks, Margaret? Jen. Yes, ma'am. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Go right ahead. Oh, oh. Thank you for all your, your service and your, and your dedication. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Margaret D., um, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in Georgia. 
I just cracked, talk about cracking up. I, this to me, this paragraph is the funniest paragraph in the whole book because I can so identify with Bill. Um, he says he was a gas, that was it last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. So you've got an alcoholic crackpot who's got no recovery at all, who has been hospitalized so many times the last time, you know, his wife was told he's either going to the, you know, he's either going to die or he's going to develop a wet brain or whatever. So close to death. In the worst position he's ever been in his whole life, and he's judging somebody who has recovered as an alcoholic crackpot. So my sponsor used to say, you know, whenever you judge somebody, whenever you point a finger at somebody, just remember you got two coming back at you. And that's what I can really identify with is I would be in the worst shape of my life. You know, just in, I cannot tell you how desperate and sick and lonely and hopeless I was, and yet I would look at people who were healthy, happy, recovered, and go, there's something wrong with them. These guys are, they're twits. They're, you know, they're just, they're, they're just ridiculous. They're, um, talk about balance, they're way, way out of balance. Or if I heard the word God, I would do the same thing. And I can certainly so identify with Bill instead of going, you know, instead of saying, gosh, could I possibly be an alcoholic or a compulsive eater crackpot? No, of course not. I'm not even going to look at that. What I'm going to do is point the finger at somebody else that they're, you know, it's what's wrong with them. It's not what's wrong with me. And the other thing that I think is so funny because I've actually, I've done this so many times because I'm in a state of hopelessness when I'm judging somebody else. I'm going right back to my um, substance that got me there in the first place. I'm going right back to the food because I feel so much self-pity. Poor me, I'll never get, you know, I'll never have that starry-eyed look or whatever. Um I'm just going to go back and get another cream puff or whatever it was. So the other thing about this paragraph that I I am so filled with amazement that Bill, okay, and I'll wrap it up with this, that Bill had the humility to not gloss over how sick he was or how he behaved, but showed himself in his complete sickness, and that's what I can identify with. Not him, you know, being this glowing, healthy thing himself. Um, And so with that, I'm going to pass, and thank you. Thank you so much, Margaret D. Up next, we have Lisa D., I believe, and then Heidi. Lisa? Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. What state are you calling from, Lisa? Good morning. This is Lisa D. from New York. I am a compulsive overeater um, in back in after relapse four years, and I'm uh, working the steps and abstinent. So uh, aghast. I think I spent most of my 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 twenties and thirties aghast. 
I absolutely adore this, this paragraph because I can relate to both sides. I was aghast because I was a, and, and still am, a compulsive overeater crackpot um, wrapped up in a covering and a false sense of religious crackpot. So I looked real good on the outside. And on the inside, I was a an absolute nightmare. And um, I was aghast because there are people talking about God that didn't, have the same structure that I did and the religiosity that, that kept me tight really just fed my addiction and just fed me by saying, Hey God, do me a favor, take all the weight off while I do whatever I want to do. Um, and that's the crazy that I grew up with, you know, you know, I would pray and I would say, you know, God help me. But what I really wanted was just to, you know, continue doing what I'm doing and have a miracle performed because I thought God owed me that. And you know what? God doesn't owe me that, but God has so much more for me. And the glowing and the the look on Ebby's face and the this what I always liken that to is just this spirituality, spiritual wholeness coming through. Um, and that's the attraction that led me back this time was the spiritual wholeness that I'm hearing in all of all of the, the meetings and all of the people I've spoken to and being able to understand that this is the sanity comes from the spiritual wholeness that only comes from our higher power. My higher power is God. I have not left my face. I've actually, this has actually enriched and encouraged me because it gives me a plan for living. It gives me an outlook. But it was, it's, the word aghast has been in my vocabulary for so long that it just makes me feel so comfortable knowing that that I can be aghast at myself and be like, I can't believe that I was like this. So with my higher powers help, with God's help, and all my sponsors help, and all of you, and working this program to the best of my ability and doing, giving it a thorough working, if we thoroughly work through this, um, it says, you know, rarely have we seen someone who's thoroughly followed our path fail. And that's my goal, to thoroughly follow it. And and my hope is that someday somebody will see spiritual wholeness in me and I can be somebody else's Ebby, if God wills it. If not, I'll just continue to be me and let God lead me the right way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa B. in New York. Up next, we have Heidi followed by Jim Kay. Good morning to you, Heidi. Good morning, family. I am Heidi H. from Chicagoland area. Really grateful to be here. Thank you for your service and for anybody behind the scenes that is making this gift of easy big book recovery so easy and so possible when it wasn't that way for everybody. So I'm blessed. And you know what? The Of this Bill's story, the first half of the pages are the descent, Bill's descent into deep into his disease, and now is the ascent. We're starting. This is where God is planting the mustard seeds of hope that we see there, and it's like the director of life. Okay, roll them. In walks Ebby Thatcher. And this is how God is beginning to plant the ascent out. Now, you know, I think God is planning my recovery. God planned my bottom from the first OA meeting that I walked into in Skokie Hospital where it didn't work for me, where all Bill had to think about is 
here comes this guy, fresh-skinned and glowing. I've never seen this before. To me, a gas means I'm fearful. What? This is messing with the very control that I had on everything that I knew about me, my disease, and how to keep it together, and this messes with me. A gas to me means fear. And, you know, the first thing Bill does is start to go to, where do we always go? Rationalization and justification. His heart did not open, and, you know, the sunlight of the spirit did not come shocking through. He goes to rationalizing and justifying, and when I do that today, I know I'm in my disease. And here's the truth. I, I have to be in fit spiritual condition to work with other compulsive overeaters because the old adage from AA says that if you're not, then they will get you to take that first bite before you get them abstinent. And that's real. So, and, and the other frightening thing is I might be the only example of the big book that people see. So if I walk the walk, that might be attractive to other people. And I can only do that through a God of my understanding and OA big book. This has been um, a, a renaissance for me. And um, again, it's all about spiritual condition. So for me, these next few steps is the ascent into the mustard seed and in part of the play is Ebby now. Now that worked for Bill and Bill's story, but I don't know. Ebby's story was different. It worked out perfectly the way God wanted it, but the ending wasn't the same, so you never know. So I hope through you people I get to be an example of the big book today. I may not know how many people that I help or that you guys have helped me, and you may not know it. So happy June 10th weekend, happy anniversary, because if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't be here, and I would have my face in the cake and in a million other places not very spiritually fit. So Blessings to you. Have a great day and grateful for all that you do. And I will keep coming back. Thanks, Heidi H. from Chicago. Up next is Jim K. followed by Hope. Good morning, Jim. Thank you, Jen. This is Jim uh, K. also from the Chicagoland area in Illinois. This paragraph is, uh, you know, in line with the old adage of uh, the best defense is a good offense. You know, my ego finds others' flaws, pounces on others' flaws to relieve me of my own pain. And uh, and like Bill, you know, when I came into all of this, uh, I was spiritually devoid. Just, and I love the, that word, devoid. It's just such a empty chamber. And, you know, I was I was raised that in polite company, we don't speak about God. You know, we don't speak about religion or spirituality. That's, that's what I was taught. You know, there was this phrase, holy roller. And I love crackpot. Um, and, and so many shares have focused on crackpot. You know, there's a Japanese practice of uh, repairing cracked pots with uh, like a golden lacquer rather than a translucent, you know, lacquer that would hide the, the crack. So it celebrates the crack. It's called, I think, kintsugi. And it's, it's this notion of embracing the flaw. Don't, don't hide the flaw. Celebrate the flaw. And, you know, gold is like bringing attention and, you know, uh, you know highlighting it. So I, I love that because, you know, we're all flawed. That's our humanity. Um, you know, I, I came to OA to lose weight and, you know, there's the phrase, 
we came for the vanity and stayed for the sanity. But but it's gone beyond that. You know, it's it's now, you know, serenity and then spirituality. So this guy who came into all this, you know, spiritually devoid, purely from the motivation to lose weight, has I found myself on this path of, you know, looking for God, looking for, you know, guidance, uh, you know, from the universe. Yesterday I was with, on a walk with, with somebody that I know not through, you know, a 12 step program. And I, I reference God. I've, I've done this a couple of times with others. And I was like, and I can see their reaction. It's like, I, I'm okay. I, that this is who I've become and I'm going to share who I've become. So uh, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Jim K from Chicago. Up next, we have Hope, and then it looks like we might have time for a couple more shares. So, Hope, go right ahead. What's the first initial of your last name, and where are you calling from this morning? I'm Hope B. from um, California, um, a compulsive overeater in recovery. Um, So what I wanted to comment on was um, the end of this paragraph, where he says that, um, well, bless his heart, he could run on all he wants to. I will have Jen um, while he goes on preaching. Um, and I think about the times that I've had sponsors preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching to me, the, the program, and I had my cake or cookies or ice cream or whatever, and I just continued to go on doing what I wanted to do Um and let that person go on ranting and preaching to me about the program. Um, And I know I was cheating myself, but I had nothing. I wasn't cheating my sponsor or or whoever was that was talking to me about program, but I was, I was really not, not in it, even though um, I wanted to be, but it, it was my compulsion that really kind of, got me to not want to do things the way that I, I needed to. So, you know, um, Bill was here with Evie and thinking that, okay, my gin is not going to run out and he's compared to me anyway. You know, I've, I've been there. You know, I've, I've been to that point where, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you can, you can preach to me. Thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Sorry, I was still muted talking to myself. <laughs> Thanks, Hope B. All right, it looks like we have time for two two minute chairs. Who else would like to share this morning? Penny Carmela G. G. Penny and Carmela, go right ahead, Penny. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. Uh, I said my name earlier, then realized I was muted, um, so you didn't hear me. Of course, my name is Penny C, and I'm a recovered, great, very grateful recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area, and. Um, I didn't think I was going to have the opportunity to say that uh, not today is not only a big day for AA, it's a big day for me. Um, by the grace of God, and it's a real miracle, 35 years ago today I went to my first OA meeting knowing nothing about it, absolutely nothing about it except it was another way to lose weight. And I walked out of there having heard what I needed to hear 
I guess my Ebi was the woman in that room who said, this disease of mine, and today, today I am grateful and celebrate 35 years, 35 years of abstinence, not having any of those binge foods that I, I was a real, I am, I'm a real, real al- uh, alcoholic when it comes to food, so I'm so grateful that um, I'm able to, to just share that because I share that because it's hope. It, I hope it, it it is that for people who are struggling, and so um, I I was a bit I don't know if the word was aghast I was a bit amazed I guess at that first meeting to find out so much about my about a disease I had that I never knew I had, and um, and oh gosh I'm almost speechless because it's just unbelievable to me that. I uh, tried everything else like every like like most of us and uh God God had me in the right place at the right time. Um I didn't know that. Um so um I guess that's all I wanted to say. I, I love I love Bill's story and I think someday I'm gonna write Penny's story. I don't know I don't know if anyone will publish <laughs> it. But but um it's it's a miracle story and with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. from Boston, and congratulations, 35 years. Thank you, God. All right, Carmela G., you'll just take us out with a couple more minutes. Go right ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for on the line, and congratulations, Penny. Uh, You are a true role model. Thank you. Um, My name is Carmela G., and I am a grateful, compulsive overeater recovered for today uh, in New York. Um, This the reason I wanted to share is um, I was aghast the first time I attended a meeting and it was a special meeting for people who had to lose a hundred pounds. And I ran out, ran out of the room saying they are a bunch of freaks. They're nuts. I have nothing in common with them. And I did not go back. And then my Ebby showed up at a family gathering And some days I feel guilty because like Bill's Ebby, my Ebby went out and has not returned. Um, But that is between her and her higher power. But when she called me, she came over and said, Carmela, you're a compulsive overeater and you have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind and you need to come and read this book with us. I was aghast because she could have called me any other name, but not a compulsive overeater. And I listened. And that doctor's opinion grabbed me. And I will soon celebrate nine years of abstinence. But more than the abstinence, the serenity and the beauty of a life that I thought was great. But now I understand what a great life is. And I have a director that leads me. And for that, I am grateful every day. And I pray for my Ebby that she does some find her way back into the rooms and peace and tranquility. Um, and that's in God's hands, not in Carmela's. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela G. Thanks for taking us out today uh, with that chair. And thank you to everyone who shared or who just joined us here on the line today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. 
Grab your pen and paper. Here's the share ID for today, Friday, June 10th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Big Book recording meeting is 19,057. That's 19057. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book. It's on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Darlene H. please read A Vision for You? This is Darlene H., Columbus, Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. That is, This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.